Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jules Holland here. I'm here with Jim Moyer and I'm delighted to say that we welcome you to another one of our podcasts where we get exquisite and very special guests to come and discuss various subjects very, very loosely based around the idea of transport. Jim, who's our guest this week? She's a blonde bombshell who has no qualms about parking a car at rakish angles in municipal parking facilities. Nice. Yeah, you like that? Very much so. Any truth? She's yeah. an actress and she is... Sally Phillips. Oh, welcome to the Sally Phillips. Hello. Yeah, nice. Hi there. I can't actually drive, so yes, indeed, if I did manage Can to you not? park... That's why you park at that's why rakish, park angles. rakish angles. I like You've the idea that it's rakish rather than just crap. Have you never driven? I uh, I started trying to drive once I had kids, and um, but my kids just woke up a lot at night, and the uh, driving instructor said, uh, you shouldn't drive this tired if you could drive and you can't drive. So how do you get about? Well, we live in London, so just go on the tube. On the bus. Yeah. No, I, do, I, like, I like walking places, and I quite like a push bike. Um, mm. But my, my dad worked for British Airways, I was telling you, so I always feel very comfortable when I get in a plane. Oh, was, I did my good. first flight when I was five weeks old. Really? In what? In a VC-10. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, that is glamorous. That's the most That's... glamorous thing anybody on this show has said so far. I think far. it's probably the most glamorous. We haven't done glamorous. many yet. <laughs> you <laughs> haven't done many yet. So. <laughs> but I think that that must be the golden age, if I may say so. You were growing up in the golden age of executive lifestyles with somebody, with your father working for BOAC. What sort of car did he have? Well, it depends where we were. I can't really remember any of the cars except for in the Middle East. We definitely had Buicks. We oh. had a, we had a gold oh. Buick in the Middle East. Get oh, you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Driving we're, around in the BOS in a VC10. <laughs> yeah. And, driving around well, in the Buick. Well, I think the VC10 stopped in about the mid 70s, didn't they? So then then it went on to. But it was much more glamorous then. Of course, now it's just like getting a train. But I remember I really wanted to be a, an air stewardess growing up, and I remember the poster girl for BA coming out to visit. And it was like having Marilyn Monroe out, you know, because gen- yes. it wasn't fake tan in those days. It was just a genuine deep copper tone tan and white teeth and extremely oh. blonde and wearing the, the uniform at yeah. all times. And they were really witty, the stewardesses at that point. Spoke seven languages. Spoke seven well, languages. Yeah, smart, exactly. What, like what, like what, an what? ambassador's ambassador's wife. Yeah. I remember there, there was all kinds of stewardess wit. So there was a famous thing with Muhammad Ali. Um, saying to a stewardess, Superman don't need no seatbelt, and her leaning down and saying, Superman don't need no plane, Mr. Ali. <laughs> and uh, another one with Very like good. an Italian president. What was the plane where you had to go in the back, like rear entry, DC something or other? Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah the, what, the Itali- cargo plane. <laughs> no, an Italian prime minister going in and saying, I feel like a suppository. And then the uh, stewardess saying, imagine how you'll feel when you disembark, sir. <laughs> hey. Oh, so there were extreme yes. wits as yes. well. Yeah, and there was a, it must be a, uh, it must be an urban myth, but it was the story of Starbum. I don't know if you've... Who? A Starbum, the stewardess Starbum, which is like an airline version of the little boy who put his finger in the dike 
where uh, the you know the where they empty the toilets with a sort of vacuum yeah. suction pump at the airport, and then they have to like screw the cap on again. And apparently that wasn't properly screwed on. So mm. before the lights went up, the stewardess went to the toilet they'd just taken off, and um, got sucked into the into the toilet. What she, she get, did? She didn't get sucked all the way out. But the plane would have crashed if she hadn't, you know, blocked the hole with her ass. And of course, that blue, um, the oh. blue bleach is very, very corrosive. So the plane had to then land back at the airport. But with by her, that stage, she had been branded the kind of star shape with the blue. This is how the story goes: with the blue, with the blue bleach. Going back to the the gold Buick. Um, yeah. When you arrived, where was the gold Buick? Was that in the, the Middle East, was it? Middle East, so it would have been... I think we had Buicks... We certainly had Buicks in Abu Dhabi, Dubai and Bahrain. And we had... Um, when we were in Abu Dhabi, we used to drive quite often to Dubai. So that was would have been three or four hours in what is now... What is now a super highway. But at the time, it was just a road through the desert. And there were all these... Um, nodding donkeys so like the oil yes. oil pumps they've, they've changed them now they're proper but they used to just look like a you know yeah and they used to be painted with animals on and what like those um what they, pumps, like flamingos like, weren't they that, yeah they, they or, dip into or, your, sh- your baby sham you know <laughs> that's you, you used to put them on the side of your, your alcoholic glass what a lovely idea because I see, i've seen those 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 pumps in the sort of the in the uh, desert and, and places like that in America but they don't pa- paint them but the idea of painting like animals so their heads are sort of nodding up and down yeah. like a sort of donkey not waving yeah that's ear. what they used to be like how, yeah. how cheerful did they put little wigs or anything on them no but I remember there was a red red certainly red giraffes and things like that it was oh, all lovely. a bit so it was like a giraffe drinking crude oil drinking crude oil <laughs> <laughs> which is why it was red yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and mirages I remember those long journeys with I mean, it didn't used to, as in, it wasn't like cartoons where you'd see palaces and stuff, but certainly that the road all right, looked so like you it would was see covered in water. Yeah. Really? Oh, well, that's... And we yeah. had the tapes, though, they, what do they call those? Eight big, tracks. Eight tracks. Oh. Eight track tapes in the Buick. Oh, so we nice. used to listen to ABBA and The Goon Show. That was it. Those are the two that we had. Oh, nice. The Goon Show, travelling through show. the desert in the Buick. Yes. yes. What an Gold image. Buick. Have you ever done yeah. any desert driving? myself yes I did actually in curiously enough I think it was in Abu Dhabi and I went with curiously enough in the other vehicle it was a showbiz drive because we were doing a show there was Leo Sayer and he got marooned in the desert uh but the strange thing was all you could see was sand dunes just as far as Mm. I could see in every direction but we had a phone signal I couldn't understand how that's how sort of advanced it was but if you didn't if you didn't let the air out of your tyres then it, they, they wouldn't work. You had to sort of half flatten your tyres and then the, the, the sort of four-wheel drive things would work going across the sand. I That's went in uh, uh, one of those trips. I was in Luxor on holiday and went on um, a desert, a dune driving experience and the fella was new at it and he was showing off. He was British and he recognised me and he thought, I'm going to show off here a bit. And he, went, he, leapt, he tried to leap over the top of a dune which he did, and then smashed into the, the, the dune on the other side, and I went through the windscreen. <laughs> no! <laughs> and I spent the rest of the day, I was all right, I, I survived, but I spent the rest of the day in a, in a very low-quality hospital. <laughs> did, did they offer you your money back? They offered me a selection of plasters with Jesus Christ on them. But they didn't offer you... I'm talking about the people with the with the, um, the, the, the the desert ride experience. No, I think he disappeared. I think he got the sack. 
yeah. and then uh, fled the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the way, if you put the customer, especially a showbiz customer, through the windscreen yeah. on, on his first day out, <laughs> I think that's probably the worst thing you could do, really. Yeah, you've gone too far then, haven't you? Yes. Didn't Harry Seacombe meet Spike Milligan when he crashed his tank into him in a ditch in the desert somewhere sounds about right sounds about right yeah my dad was telling me that they never ever used to drive at night because um you'd crashed into a camel because the camels were attracted to the lights oh and no one survived a crash into a camel with squeeze we were doing a show in america somewhere and it was boiling hot and there were so many insects but they're insects are the size of you know my fist they have sort of giant flies that big and sort of weird things that you just don't know what they're called even Anyway, they, when all the lights on the stage, all these insects clouded. They made a cloud, like a sort of... It was a biblical storm of insects. And they were going in your mouth. You couldn't sort of see anything. And so we stopped playing. We said, you've got to turn the lights out. Just turn the lights out, because that's what's attracting them. So the lights went off. And then we said, right... Well, and it was a, like a, at the back of where the audience were. They all, We said to, you, to the people, go to your cars, all the cars lined up, and just put your headlights on, because that will then draw off the insects and into their cars and into their cars and you know it worked it was unbelievable it worked it was like a sort of a, it was like a a, 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 a a dramatic film thing so it's always worth bearing in mind you know and, and like you say if you're driving through the desert um keep the headlights off uh, keep the headlights off yeah. keep your headlights off and your tires so you don't soft. Attract, they're supposed to be very very randy camels aren't they are they? Apparently. But that's a very good tip, you see. I suppose a lot of people here didn't listening to this now didn't know that <laughs> and were thinking of going and drive, driving through the desert at night. But be so it's like rabbits. Be wary of camels. But, yeah, but, yeah, but camels, yeah. but a lot right, bigger. So yeah. I was in a, a vehicle in um, South Africa that screeched to a halt in front of a hippo that was um, just wandering about in the middle of a field where I was driving. Well, I wasn't driving, but I was in the car. We were looking for hippos, actually, <laughs> so it wasn't really a surprise. <laughs> you said you like like walking. Is there a favourite particular walk you've got that you like to go a walk on? It? I really like walking especially? along the walking along the Thames. That's exactly what Jane Horrocks did, but she 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 cycles along the Thames. Oh, does she? Yeah, um, she's she's fitter than me. Well, probably walking. Is, I, I'm not particularly good at the gears on my bike. I think I've got the gears wrong because it's a tremendous effort, or I'm unbelievably unfit. Both of those are possible. She said she gives names to the people in her mind who, who she passes. Do you see the same people on your walk? Yeah, quite often, but I I suppose ignore I, them. I, I identify <laughs> them with the dogs, and mm. I've got a um, a plant identify. This makes me sound really spotty but I've got a plant identification app very useful and I've been well I don't have any you know I'm not a gardener or anything I've really been enjoying that so there's all those names of plants from Dickens and stuff like thornflower so you point the you take a photograph of it and it tells you what it is and it, it tells is. you what it is I think yeah. isn't it great the world that we're living in because in the past you'd have to go around with a, a small dog cart full of books <laughs> full of yeah. things wouldn't it so uh, well, get exactly. the toadstool book out or I guess you'd take the plant home, I suppose that would be the alternative. Take, take your neighbour's plant home. What yeah. about if you see something and you sort of identify it as being, say, marijuana or heroin poppies or something like that? Well, I mean, I live in hope. None of that has, yeah. none of that has happened yet. Um, yeah. and how- I, did, I did meet um, the, the head of the Fungarium at Kew, who's king of fungi. And he showed me a zombie fungus that had burst through the face of a caterpillar. Oh, oh I've pretty, seen them. Have you seen and them? They're yeah, amazing. They, um, you get them in Peru, in the Andes, and they grow out of the ground. And apparently, you get them here as sought, well. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because they're sought after because there's some that have. It's either a, a cure 
or they'll create some kind of psychedelia. Yeah. I can't remember well, which. We, well, it's true that you can't... <laughs> what they say is that all mushrooms are edible, but some of them only once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah agarics. Yes. Yeah. The prettiest. Well, you know, the other thing I, the, I learned about flyagarics is that Siberian shamans... Um, use reindeer as a kind of drug purification system. So they put the fright, they they feed the flyagoric to the reindeer. The reindeer then absorb the toxin and piss out pure psychedelic. So they they then drink the reindeer urine. Really? Where do they do this? Siberia. It sounds like I've made that up, but it's actually true. (laughs) You can, well, now if we talk on that subject, when I I like Mm. that, there's um, a kind of coffee that's made from civics yes. poo. Yeah. Which is civic? The, it's civic. Is there people who work in the civic. town hall? <laughs> no, 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 not civic. Um. <laughs> not an ombudsman or anything like that. It's a, a civet, which is a, a, a medium-sized cat. Oh, yes. And, and uh, it's the most expensive coffee in the world because it's made from ground-up civet poo. Yeah. So that, oh, thought, uh, what a dining experience, that, and, and uh, you drink that and, reindeer and then wash it down with some reindeer piss. <laughs> and now a message from our sponsors. I'm considering a retirement home for my penultimate moments. Where can you recommend? For you, my friend, might I suggest one of my string of withdrawal homes positioned in restful towns up and down the coast. You might choose Last Orders in Great Yarmouth, Final Countdown in Felixstowe, or Climax in South End. Mm, I'll bear it in mind. <laughs> Something I've noticed is that when people get divorced, they go through a couple of years of hankering after living on a houseboat for some reason. Oh. Yeah. Well, my I've... son was talking about having a houseboat. He's six foot three, and I said it's probably not the right thing to do. There was a documentary on the London's canals, and I I do love the canals because there's something about feeling like it's the underside of London, like. You know, in Primrose Hill, you have these really posh houses and, and then their gardens sort of sink into the water. And it's like King Louis in, in the Jungle Book, you know, sort of overgrown and undressed bits of London. And um, I saw uh, there were all these water squatters and I became... What, squatters? Yeah. So they haven't paid, for, haven't paid for a mooring. Oh. Mm. And then the chase, it's, you can only go at four miles an hour. And so even the water police... <laughs> What are they in barges? <laughs> going at four miles an hour as well. Following each so, other. like, no one can ever catch anyone because, like, the water squatters are, are going away from the police at four miles an hour, and then the police are coming after them at four miles an hour, and anyone could just run along and the bank quicker. Once they move at four miles, they're no longer squatting because they're just moving. Then, <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I just, I don't know. That's have you ever been on a can- me. canaling holiday? I haven't. I really, really want to go on a canaling they're holiday. Great. I'd recommend that. Yeah, when amount. I was. When me and my friends, when we were young, we were about 17, right? every year we'd go down to the Norfolk Broads and, and get oh, a whole that's... season's boat and sail it around. Yeah, and I, I really, have very really, fond memories of that. Really want to do that. I turned 50 in lockdown and I really want for my 50th to get a load of girls on these boats, go down and, and I want to go to a pottery in Bath, <laughs> get off in Bath and make jugs because that feels appropriate. In <laughs> Bath? Uh, yeah. Yes, I think there's, there, yeah, I, the dream for me was being on an aqueduct, but I think we might have a yeah. problem. I seem to remember that that's they one of my dreams as they, well. They won't allow <laughs> for some re- reason. For some reason, you can't. Or back, this was maybe back like thirty years ago when I first went on my initial canal canaling holiday. I don't think they'd allow all women or all men for some reason. 
Oh really? Some what on a canaling holiday? Yes, because in case they thought they were they were sort of up to, up to no good. I don't well, know. Well, this doing was all... You're not allowed single sex boats on canals. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what how it was back in the day. That I was probably after we I, hope we, I hope we've moved on. We, we, this was, <laughs> but how uh, weird that you have to have mixed. Yeah, that's that's strange. You can imagine it the other way round. Well, when I went in the seventies, it was five seventeen-year-old boys. I'm which maybe, which is why they um, brought that rule in. Yeah. yeah, just because of you. Is it about the travel or the destination for you a lot of the time? I don't mind the travel. I think the six I was brought up in this mm. jet set world. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I guess so. So you got the uh, was it a VC ten? Mm. And then I remember the first seven four sevens. Remember that being really exciting. So I was going to say, did you memory, get privilege yeah. onto them? Well, I think we did when the plane was empty. I actually rang my dad because he had said you might talk about transport and I was like in, in my head I realised it has completely got mashed up with early Bond movies I said to my dad I remember being going to sleep in a bedroom on a plane on a plane and then he said oh that would have been the crew restroom so they had little kind of bunk rooms that the crew could sleep in but I remember upstairs in the early 747 so that would have been end of the 70s first time they came out it was like a Piano bar upstairs, That's right. like a co- uh, cocktail lounge. Stalls at a bar. That's right, with little seat belts on them. Do they? I don't even remember them having seat belts. Yeah, probably not. Well, you didn't need them. I, I once yeah. went on Elvis's plane, not when he was alive, but his plane's there. But the most impressive thing about it was the bed. There's a huge bedroom at the back, and the bed was almost the width. Of the, it's an enormous bed, the width of the whole sort of plane. But across it, there was this seat belt, but the seat belt was tiny. Because in comparison to there was just a tiny little thin ribbon of a seatbelt, just like a 1960s car seatbelt. The ribbon. That they would strap him in with of an evening. Was it shaped like a guitar? It would have been nice, no. <coughs> Maybe no. The, the strings could have been the, the seatbelt, if that was the case. That would have been another nice touch, actually, yeah. And you if would... you were on, let's say, um, John Coltrane's plane, it would have had a bed shaped like a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be very uncomfortable. Or maybe you could slide into the horn. Mm. I'm going too far with this. (laughs) (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When I was a kid, my um, grandparents used to live near Scarborough, and there was Paxton's buses that they made there, and I used to love the shape of them. They were mm. fantastic shapes, those coaches they've got a bit um space age now like you know the the red buses in london yeah <coughs> i just can't get the route master no. i like the shape of and i was thinking about it what was the best what is the best era for the shape of vehicles 
anything. Cars, planes. 60s. Do you think? I think 50s. I would say tail end. I think the late end of the 50s and start of the 60s. 60s. Best for all design and best for um, films as well. Yes, very, very good for films. What's your favourite film? I like a lot of those early films. You know, the Greta Garbo laughs, that one, and not sure she's playing a Russian agent. Have you seen Traffic by Jacques Tati? No, I like the sound of it, though. It sounds, <coughs> it sounds transport-related. It is. No, it's bringing us back to transport. <laughs> Traffic is great. He's got one of the best transport jokes, two of them, actually, that I've ever seen. There's a, a big traffic jam somewhere in France, and my favourite thing that made me laugh my head off was is this traffic jam's so slow, and this Morris Minor is driving probably about five miles an hour and tries to avoid crashing into a car in front of it by veering off into a field and then just doesn't stop and goes about 100 yards and crashes into the only tree in the middle of the field. <laughs> but my favourite car jokes are, are yours and Bob's. The car at the opening the doors. Oh, that? Well, yeah, yeah we I did that in that. Bang Bang. I love doing that. Oh, yeah, which, which so, is, so funny. Have you ever seen that? No, what are you doing? So what funny. We, did, we parked the car in um, I had a, quite a, a bit of trouble trying to explain this to executives. <laughs> said, no, it's not going to work. But um, one of them was, we, every, it was our lunchtime and we go off for lunch in the car and park it somewhere. So we park in between two trees and then not be able to get out of the car because the trees were blocking the, the door. And so then I'd say, I'll, and this was done silently, so I'd say, I'll get, I'm going to get in the back and get um, a, an axe and chop down the trees, which I then did, but still weren't low enough to, to let us out of the, of the side of the doors. And another one was where we um, parked, and then two cars parked either side, and we just kept ramming, kicking the doors in. <laughs> But you did more than two, didn't you? I oh, we seem did quite to remember, a lot, like, yeah. you blew, blew all kinds of things up, like the attempts to get out of the car. Well, there was another one that I guess there was a lot of it. Whenever you uh, turned the, the engine, yeah. the, uh, turned the key, the boot would fly off into a field to some, <laughs> yes. with some light music and then explode. <laughs> and, uh, but there's another one where I was driving, because this was all done silently, and I, and I said to Bob, I said, oh, stop there, there's a, this, I want that. And it was just a big engine out of a ship. Um, which I then lifted and put in the back of the boot of the car, which then, like the Citron in Jacques Tati's traffic, tipped the front of the car right off. (laughs) (laughs) And we drove off like that. What's your favourite train journey? Um, I like going down to Cornwall and going up to Edinburgh. Mm. So Edinburgh, that thing of their last... The last bit is very beautiful, isn't it? Going in for the festival every year. Did you yeah. do, do it a lot, the festival? No, once. No, only once. And that was enough. Yeah, I used to do it a lot. I used to like, like, love the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. I do like Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I love going to Edinburgh. And, yeah. uh, and you're right on a train. You get that final... Yeah. <laughs> that final... I do like it, you know, when, when I'm going up north, if I'm going either side, if I'm going to Manchester or up the other side, if you're going to Edinburgh... There's things that you look out for, isn't it? And I really mm. like those big um, cooling towers. Yes. You know, Drax and places like that. Mm. I've always wanted yes. to get inside one of them. There's yeah, one well. called Drax near the Humber, which is a good name, isn't it? It is a very good James, name. James, James, James Bond villain, isn't it, Drax? I really want to do that train trip across Canada. Where does that go? It's just from one end of Canada to the other, all the way across the middle. The nearest I've got to that is I went from Montreal to New York with Bob on a, um, a Greyhound bus. And of course, in America, you either get, you fly 
yeah. fly or drive. If you can't afford that, you get the train. And if you're absolutely skint, you get the Greyhound bus. And you could tell that <laughs> people who were on that, that bus with us. How long did that take? Um, I think it was about eight hours. And it was our first time in New York. I'd have thought it would have taken longer. Yeah, where did you go from one side to from the other? From Montreal I mean, to no, New Montreal, York. Um, Montreal. So you're just oh. driving down. Yeah. Uh, you stop off for a bit in Albany in... Uh, New York. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you go down. Anyway, it was about eight hours. Mm. And then we got off. And the fir- our first image of New York, because it was absolutely stifling hot, really sweaty, and two coppers. And they were having a skipping competition up and down the curb. And one of them had a huge afro with his hat balanced on the top. And they were jumping. I thought, these coppers look like they're having a lot of fun in this. Not like the old British Bobby, who was very serious. Yeah, uh, you could skip in those days, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Sally, why did you want to travel across Canada particularly and not to... Well, I mean, just the, there are those sort of great train journeys that mm. I'd really like. To, I'd really like to do all of them, like the Orient Express and the one from Siberia mm. through to China. Is that one? Have I made that up? And then one down South America. I really, I just would love to do that. I love, I do love train travel, and I think you should. Yeah, you know, unlike once I've got the kids out of the house, um, that'd be the. Chris Tarrant and Michael Portillo who always seem to get all these fabulous jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but three of us yeah. should go instead. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I did drive across Canada. I remember to squeeze driving. I mean, it's, it's Canada's be- I mean, beautiful mm. sort of land- landscape and everything. But there's miles and miles of nothing as well. Miles and miles, you know. There were a friend of mine went It's sort on- of meditative, though, sitting on a train looking out yes. the window. And you can read and write and eat yeah. and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. I used to go, I used to live in Rome and I used to, teach up in Frascati and you get there's a really nice train journey like half an hour out of Termini up into the hills and uh, going past Castel Gandolfo which is the Pope's summer palace which is I can't remember which scene it is but, uh, there's a scene where they get through a load of exposition without you noticing because they've got the, the Pope in his swimming trunks lying in the pool in Castel Gandolfo and they always say with a screenwriting lesson oh, you can you can get away with that exposition because all the audience is thinking is look the Pope's in the pool but anyway, Castel Gardolfo, where the Pope, the Pope's in the pool scene was shot. What and, were we um, teaching there? English. So I taught English in the Italian Ministry of Defence during the first Gulf War. So you can speak Italian? I did then. Is it, it's all gone? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Interesting. Not one. I don't think we've ever mentioned once the ideas of Ferraris or Lamborghinis or all the great Ita- Maseratis and all the great Italian yeah. cars that there are. I've Imagine. never had an Italian car. No, me neither. No, neither have I. I quite fancy a Cinquecento, though. My mum had a Cinquecento. One of those, um, you know, uh, supercharged Cinquecentos where they put a, a racing engine in. Oh, yes. the um, yeah, A-Bath, they, they call it A-Bath. Yeah, exactly. A-Bath. That's right. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you get a new one of those. Yeah, they sort of bomb along. I think that, that would yeah. suit you. Especially, you know, I think that would be the thing for you to now pass your test in. Yeah. If Apart you, from that, do you think at this point I just go for automatic? Yeah, I think so. I think one, yeah. or a pedal car, maybe. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Having pedalo, pedal- even. That'd yeah, be yeah. like a swan shaped pedalo. Oh, I love those. I like those too. Oh, I wanted to get, I really wanted to get one of those, but. For your moat. The trouble is, if you go anywhere where there's an overhanging branch, the swan's neck gets stuck. Yeah. Um, but I saw. Maybe one, just a duck. Yeah, a, a duck might be better, or a headless swan. Headless swan, yeah. Uh, could be quite good, but they are nice. There was an artist, where, when I lived in Rome, there was an artist who used to put your face on. The animal of your choice, but seemed to mainly do snails. 
And there was, of course, the Italians really buy art because they don't buy houses and they're ready to run away at any moment. So everything they have, everything of value needs to fit in a car and for you to be able to drive it away. So he used to make these statues of, of snails and ducks and things and then you could have your face have your face on a swan well that's what you well, want well, your well, face on a on a short neck on a headless swan I think it look really nice I think the people would love it well you know? I think we've um... <laughs> your face on a short neck swan that's the... yeah I think it's a new form of transport that nobody would have thought of Sally it's been fantastic having you as our guest here this evening you've heard our rather pathetic list of sponsors but I think now you're on the show we're likely to get uh, a lot stronger I think it's probably going to do us some good but thank you so much how are you going to get back walk <laughs> fly I'm going to fly thank you Sally Phillips there she goes with a BOAC costume on exactly yes into the executive uh, relaxment lounge lounge yeah, yeah, yeah where you can get you know all the luxury foods all the luxury foods in soup with a bit of cress on soup and g-plan furniture oh, to, to, to rest on in between yeah. in between your journeys yeah good luck sally good luck When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.